0: We're finishing our series now on chapter 8 of Paul's masterpiece, Letter to the Romans. Last week, we talked about how creation groans with labor pains, that it's eagerly waiting and longing for us to live like God's children. And we ourselves groan as we go through suffering and see brokenness all around us. We're waiting. For us, for God to redeem us and all of creation. When we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with wordless groans. Sometimes we don't even know what it is to pray, what it means to pray. I mean, is it to bring a big list of needs to God? Is it to talk to Him like a close friend? Is it to submit to his guidance and will? Is it to speak or to listen? In a word, yes. Oli Halsby, in his classic book on prayer, says, to pray is to let Jesus into your heart. He talks about how when we open ourselves up to Jesus, we bring Jesus our helplessness. He tells the story from Scripture about how the man who has, whose son had epilepsy, some sort of a demon that would make him foam at the mouth and would throw him in fits, even into a fire. And he brought him to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't do anything for him. And so then he brought him to Jesus and said, Lord, even your disciples couldn't cast this demon out. And Jesus stilled the boy. And he said to the man, all things are possible for those who trust God, for those who believe. And the man said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Every single one of us has belief and unbelief, trust and doubt woven together in our hearts. And we need Jesus to bring us to deeper faith. Real prayer is more than just reciting words or having a warm feeling in your heart. It's a radical reorientation of your life so that you come in line with God's purposes. You begin to live your life for God, not just yourself. God has bigger plans than our prayers. Our prayers are often small and me-focused. Lord, help me do well on this test. Help me get that raise. Help me feel better. God wants us to pray big prayers that His kingdom would come, that His will would be done here on earth as in heaven. God also wants our prayers to be specific, not just vague generalities. He wants us to pray specifically for people's healing, to pray specifically for His peace to come. He wants us to be bold in prayer. God wants to redeem the world through us, through our prayers and actions. He wants us to be a part of setting the world right, bringing peace, healing the earth. Now, you may think, how can I do that? What difference can I make as one person? Well, our mission trip kids did exactly that when they were out in South Dakota. They brought hope to those kids, one hug and one piggyback ride at a time when we reach out to the people around us, when we do little things like painting a cemetery fence or helping someone across the street or supporting a missionary on the other side of the world, we help bring hope into reality. Paul says that we hope for what we do not have and cannot see. To pray for what we do not have, we need help to peer into the darkness ahead and to pray God's future into the present. God wants us to pray in such a way that things change. The hope that God has for us and the world is bigger than what we can see. Christian hope is more than just wishful thinking. It's an unshakable confidence in God's faithfulness to his purposes. In Romans 8, Paul says, "We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose." In all things, God works for the good It's really hard to believe that sometimes when we see so much going wrong. Your rent's due and you don't have it. A huge medical bill arrives in the mail. You turn on the news and see the wreckage of passenger planes. Violence rages on our screens, in our city streets, and even in our hearts and homes. Where's the good in any of the tragedies that we see and the heartaches that we feel? How can we trust that God is working for good despite what we see all around us? What shall we say about these things? According to Paul, the good that we can say is that God has called us according to His purpose. He has destined us to become like Jesus, conformed to His image. God calls us to become more of who we are in Christ. He invites us to respond to His call, to trust and follow Him. Now, we can argue all day long about whether people can resist God's call and why some people respond and others don't, It's a mystery that's above our pay grade. Paul simply puts the emphasis on what God does. God foreknows, predestines, calls, justifies, and glorifies us. He sets us right with himself, and he will give us the glory that he gave Jesus at his resurrection. What happened to Jesus will happen to us. On our journey of becoming like Jesus, we go through suffering and even death, but Jesus promises that like him, we will face persecution and experience trouble in this world. But do not fear, he says, for I have overcome the world. Paul continues by saying, what then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him give us graciously give us all things? In Genesis 22, God tested Abraham by asking him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. an angel stayed his hands at the last moment, and God provided a ram instead. Now, what Abraham was asked to do, God has done. He's offered his only son. Of course, God will give us everything we need. He's chosen us as his own. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus invites us to ask our loving Father for daily bread, for everything that we need. Martin Luther writes about what daily bread is in his small catechism. He says, We ask in this prayer that God would cause us to recognize what our daily bread is and to receive it with thanksgiving. He says daily bread includes... Everything that we need for life, food and drink, house and home, family and friends, good government, good weather, and everything else God provides out of His abundant love. Psalm 103 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Despite what you're going through, despite what you see around you, despite everything that the devil and this bent world can throw at you, God loves you. Paul says who will bring any charge against those God has chosen it is God who justifies who sets us right who then is the one who condemns no one Christ Jesus who died who more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us what a gift that that Christ himself prays to the father for us he gave his life for us, and God raised him from the dead. Nothing is going to get in his way. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Paul knew what he was talking about here. He'd been hungry. He'd been shipwrecked twice, beaten, stoned, and left for dead. God brought him through it all because He had a purpose for Him, just as He has a purpose for you. In all these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What shall we say about these things? Suffering does not separate us from God. It brings us closer to Him because of Jesus. In one of his NUMA films, Rob Bell tells a story about going for a hike around a lake with his one-year-old son in a pack on his back. Here's a few screenshots from that film. It was a beautiful day. The sunlight was slanting through the trees and his son was making little contented noises on his back in the pack. They were out in the middle of nowhere on the far side of the lake and had just turned to head back to their cabin when it started to rain. Just little drops here and there at first, but then it came down more steadily. Rob reached around and pulled his son's hood over his head, but what he didn't know was that his son pulled it back off. The rain came down harder and harder until their clothes were soaked. The wind picked up until the trees were shaking. Lightning and thunder crackled all around them. At first, Rob's son just let out little whimpers. But as the storm got worse, he began to cry and then to wail at the top of his lungs. All he knew was the storm. He couldn't see anything but the rain dripping off him and the trees swaying and the lightning. But what he didn't know was that his dad would do anything to get him home. Rob stopped and took his son out of the pack. He held him close to his chest as he walked the rest of the way back to the cabin, whispering over and over into his son's ear, I love you, buddy. We're going to make it. Dad knows the way home. We're going to make it. I love you, buddy. Over and over again. Rob says that if Sunday his son is in therapy and dredges up this terrible experience of a storm as a child and comes to him and says... Dad, why did you let me go through that? I I thought you loved me. How could you expose me to something as horrible as that storm? Why didn't you protect me? If he says that, Rob would be crushed. Because for him, that walk was one of his deepest, most intimate memories of his life with his son. He wouldn't trade that experience for anything because he got to hold his son close and remind him over and over again, I love you, buddy. In Deuteronomy 1, God reminds the Israelites how he brought them out of slavery through the Red Sea, closing it again over the pursuing Egyptian army. He provided food and water and led them through the desert, showing them over and over again how much he loved and cared for them. God said to them, Remember, I carried you like a father carries his son. No matter what storms you may go through, God will never let you go. Nothing can separate you from His love. Not death, not life, not any power in all creation. Even when you go through suffering and pain, Christ is right there with you. He suffered for you and for the whole world to set things right. So as Rob says at the end of the film, When you're soaking wet, lost, hurting, and confused, may you cry out. And may the Creator of the universe take you out of your pack. May He hold you tight up against His chest. May He wrap His eternal loving arms around you. and May you hear Him whisper, I love you, buddy. We're going to make it. Dad knows the way home. We're going to make it. I love you. May God's love live in you and work through you to help heal the world. Amen.